0: The following opinions expressed within the content are solely the speakers.
1: And do not reflect the opinions and beliefs of Child Free Media Limited or its affiliates. Hi everyone welcome to the sterilization panel my name is Lenora Fay I am your moderator for this panel uh quick oh you know what Jared I can't see I... <laughs> thank you <laughs> I'm like I... <laughs> I can't see my cues all right um thank you to our presenting sponsor child free media our champion level sponsor child free wealth. And our other sponsors for this event, Best Child for Life Possible, Facebook group, 365 Diversity, Buy Child Free, Buy Child Free Merch Shop, Child Free Family, Child Free Journals, Stop Having Kids.org, it. Yard, The Age of the Child, A Novel by Christopher, and Wild.
2: novel by um, All right. <laughs> I will say the opinions expressed within the content are solely the speakers and do not reflect the opinions and beliefs of the event or its affiliates
1: all right thank you (laughs) okay and let's get our speakers on stage please this is a big panel that's why cody's not here we have graham in the uk we have caroline we have jamie and jennifer slash jenny season lauren and gretchen all right we have a full stage is that everybody that's everyone. All right. Welcome, everyone. Okay, so let's get right into it. So uh, um, keeping it short somehow, tell us about yourself, where you're from, and where you are in your sterilization process, please. We'll start with Graham.
3: Cool. Um, well, hello, hi, hi, everyone. Uh, my name is Graham. I am 35 years old. I live in the UK. Um, I've been trial free from a very young age, and uh, I think I was around about 28 or 29 when I actually... You know decided to follow through with, with the procedure to get sterilized and uh, yeah no regrets and haven't looked back
1: thank you we are missing one speaker i just realized uh Abby should be on her way uh caroline go ahead
4: okay i am caroline uh, i live in belgium i'm 35 and i recently got sterilized um earlier this year in march uh, uh after really deciding to wanting to stay child free so that's my short story. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Thank you. Susan, go ahead.
2: Sure. I'm Season. I'm 37 years old. I'm joining from Los Angeles, California. I was sterilized via a bilateral self-injectomy on December 29th, 2020. One of the best decision decisions I've ever made. Um, but I didn't always know that I wanted to be child-free. I just knew that what hormonal birth control was doing to my body. I saw that the government was taking away our choices. So I did a lot of work to um, really make this decision. Thank you, Jennifer.
5: I'm Jennifer, I'm 33 from Montreal, Canada. I have always known that I wanted to be child free and I got a bilateral salping in March of 2021.
1: Thank you, Jamie, go ahead.
5: Oh, hello, um, I'm
6: Jamie. I'm 31. I live in Austin, Texas. Um, I've worked in criminal justice field, and I do a lot of traveling throughout the state of Texas. And when I'm not working, I'm a mother to up to thousand of tropical, uh, exotic fruit seedlings and cacti, including dragon fruits. So those those guys are my passions. <laughs> and I also play um, Irish music and dance whenever. Whenever, whenever I I have time, and um, I am in nine days, I'm going to have a hysterectomy, a bilateral salpendectomy and a cystectomy. So it's it's coming.
0: <laughs> That's exciting.
1: Congratulations, congratulations, Thank you.
0: Lauren. Go ahead. Yes, congratulations. Um, I'm Lauren Nash. I live in New Orleans, Louisiana. Um, I've been child free for as long as I can remember. I'm currently 34. I got sterilized at 30. Um, I had my tubes removed. I can't say that phrase as nicely as the other women did. And I also had a uterine ablation. That's where they um, laser out the lining of your uterus so you no longer bleed. Um, That's really all I have. Thank you. Gretchen, Mm -hmm. go ahead.
7: Yes, hi. Um, I'm in uh, Santa Rosa, California. I'm 72 years old and I got sterilized Uh, In 1985, which is what, you know, 30, 35 years ago, I've known since I was three years old that I was not going to be a mommy when I grew up. And um, man, getting sterilized was the smartest thing that I think I've ever done. I got a tubal ligation here in California. Medi-Cal paid for it back in those days. And um yeah, I think that's really basically what I need to say.
1: Thank you. And hi Abby, you are up.
8: Hi. Um hi everyone and everyone else watching. Um my name is Abby Weyime. I am 34 years old i'm actually turning 35 next month in just in a few weeks i i live on this beautiful island called mombasa which is in kenya uh, that is in africa for those that do not know uh, i tied my tubes in 2020 in october of 2020 and what actually led to it was um i had an abortion three months prior and it was one of the most just not a good experience for me. And after that, I was like, you know, since I already know that I never want to have kids, why live, why leave the door um, ajar when you can just close it? So I decided to just tie my tubes and to just have my permanent contraception in that way.
1: Thank you for sharing. So that actually segues to the next question. Um, what led you to seek sterilization? So we'll go with the same order, uh, starting with Graham. Go ahead.
3: Yeah, so it, um, it had always been on the table um, for me and I think um, it was only after I got married for a few years and uh, my wife is a health worker and she works at a, a private hospital, hospital back in South Africa that uh, we started to explore the idea of it because it was actually covered by uh, medical insurance. So it was always on the table for me, but that sort of fast-tracked my decision to, to lead me to getting sterilised.
4: Thank you, Caroline. Uh, Well, I actually wanted... I was tired of hormonal uh, contraception and I was looking for ways to have longer... uh, things that made it possible to be sure that I no longer could get pregnant. So, um, And I did the YUD and all the other things and eventually my uh, doctor uh, agreed that maybe it was better to just... um, Go for the sterilization and be safe and he respected my question and uh it was the best thing ever so i'm still happy i did it shout out to respectful doctors
2: (laughs) (laughs) season go ahead i was diagnosed with an autoimmune disorder back in 2018 and hormonal birth control just does not play well with it so that kind of forced me to really do the internal work in therapy of I, I had a feeling that I kids were not in my future, but really planning out what does that look like? And what are my options now? Um, and the, the clear choice there was sterilization. So that I went for it. Thank you, Jennifer.
5: Uh, well, when I was 20 years old, I uh, got pregnant and had an abortion and that's when I knew for sure, you know, I never wanted kids, never wanted to risk getting pregnant again. And it took me 11 years to fight for the right to have my cell And yeah, so I'm really glad I did it. Uh, it was a long, long, hard process, but 11 years, but I finally got it. So.
1: Wow. Persistence people, persistence. Jamie, go ahead.
5: Okay. Yeah.
6: I've always had uh, painful periods ever since I was little and in middle school. And, you know, it's just debilitating. I just found them annoying, but for the most part, I just accepted them as, as part of life. Okay. I'm going to be in pain for a few days. I'm going to have to prepare. Who knows what I'm going to be doing? So I just thought, it's going to be part of life, but I also never wanted to have kids, even when I was in, now that I carbon dated, I think I was in middle school that I was like, ew, having kids, I don't want to be parent. <laughs> and then um, in late 2018, I got a new job. I moved into my own apartment, moved out of my parents' place. I started getting more plants, <laughs> you know, my, my passions with uh, plants and animals. And that's also what I discovered about being child-free, the child-free community. There was people like me who didn't want to have kids and that's fine i was like yes so with the newfound freedom and 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 living the child-free life i i i was at a point in my life where i wanted to do whatever i wanted and the first thing i wanted to do was stop having these painful periods that would literally derail me so
1: that's that's where everything started (laughs) you guys yeah Yeah. (laughs) absolutely lauren go ahead wow my story
0: jamie is so similar to yours um I knew forever I was child-free, but really what fast-tracked it was my reproductive health as as well. I had really horrible, horrible periods, and as you probably know, no doctors give a care about heavy periods, whatever, that's normal. Um, I had a horrible experience with IUD insertion, it was like the worst pain of my life. Um, And then right around the same time, I thought I had undiagnosed endometriosis, I had ongoing pelvic pain. And I had decided I was going to wait till I was 30. I just gave up trying to talk to doctors. And I, as soon as I hit 30, I was really lucky. I had a doctor that understood everything, saw my pain, agreed to it. I mostly wanted the ablation because I really just wanted to get rid of the bleeding. But my doctor was like, okay, hey, if you're going to do the ablation, you have to do the tube. So that's kind of how I ended up with both. I did have endometriosis, still battling it. Um, but really glad I ended up going through what I went through, especially
1: for my mental health, my physical health. IUD insertion pain is no joke. I have in- one. I love it. Yeah. I will cop. I, I'm not, I, I have an IUD. It's been, no. it's been, it's done the job it's needed to do. Um, Cause heavy bleeding as well. And it's taken that all away, but the pain, oh goodness. IUD world. insertion <laughs> and removal. Yes.
2: It can go die in a fire. It is. The so- worst. Sorry, Graham. Wait <laughs> just for a second. It's like, <laughs> <laughs>
4: I'm glad and I'm not alone. <laughs> no,
1: no, no, no. There, crazy six months. Uh Gretchen, uh, go ahead.
7: Oh well, you know, um, I, I, I was immaculate in my use of birth control. I never once had unprotected sex, and I got pregnant twice, and I had two abortions, and uh, the, the my doctor. My gynecologist was resistant to ordering a a sterilization for me. I was 35 years old, I guess, more or less, and I had to persuade him, and the way I did it was I raised my hand to the gods in front of him, and I said, I will never carry a pregnancy to term. How many of my abortions do you want to perform? and he was like, oh, well, uh, 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 uh," and I said, no, 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 no. The answer I'm looking for is a number. Do you want to do two? Do you want to do seven? Because if the future resembles the past, I will continue getting pregnant and I will continue getting abortions, even though I'm really careful. And that was what persuaded him because, um, you know and and I did have to be very firm with him about it but uh gosh it's been the smartest thing that I've ever done i was traveling in asia and um southeast asia people have a lot of children there um they practice a form of ancestor worship and a lot of people know a lot more about this than i do maybe some people here but um they uh, they believe that in the afterlife, if you don't have offspring who are taking care of your spirit, then you will wander around hungry and alone for eternity. So being childless is a great uh, it's not just a shame and a disgrace, it's also a fear. And I learned that I could not tell people that I did not intend to have children and that I had no children and that I was, you know, that was just so shocking and um, rude, almost really, to say that in front of people. So I learned how to say, not yet, not yet. No, I don't have children yet. And I just, I got so tired of my own insincerity. I got so tired of just lying about that and covering it up, that I just went, I'm getting my tubes tied. That was my answer to that form of pressure.
1: And you're here inspiring all of us. I
8: can tell you that is incredible. Thank Mm -hmm. you. Uh, Ebi, go ahead. Um, For me, I actually grew up wanting to have kids. Um, I grew up knowing that Uh, as a woman and especially as an African woman you must it's it's your duty but you must but you must have a child Um, but then come um, 2017 um, after about almost two years of constantly thinking about do I really want to have a child or not um, I decided I did not want to have kids Um, so the plan was When I told my parents about it, my dad was like, well, you might change your mind, blah, blah. Why don't you then harvest your eggs um, so that maybe when you get to your forties or something and you might change your mind, you will still have a biological um, child. So I had thought about sterilization, but then I just decided to just shelve it a bit and to pursue this other option that my dad had suggested. Um, But then come the pandemic in (laughs) 2020, I I um I slipped and fell <laughs> and I was pregnant um and I already knew I already knew for sure that there was no way I was going to, um, to, to keep a child. In fact, I when people say that they really love the feeling of being pregnant and all, to me, it was quite the opposite. I really, I hated it. Um, and, I, and I keep saying I was pregnant for three days because I only, by the time I was finding out, I was already five weeks. And like literally when I found out about it, the first person that I called was my doctor. And I said, hey, um, this is the situation and we need to terminate. Um, and I was lucky that I was in a position where I could actually pick up a phone and call a doctor and get it done. Uh, We have so many people in Kenya that cannot afford to do that. So anyways, I went through it. I went through the abortion and then... um, After that, my doctor was like, so do we put in an IUD or um, what other um, contraceptive method do you want? And I was like, yeah, we're not doing any contraceptives. Like, just tie it down. Just literally just take these tubes and tie them. (laughs) So after three months after three months of like healing post-abortion care and all of that, after three months exactly to the day, I went through the procedure, which is actually also on YouTube, if you want to see it, because I recorded it, because I was like, this is the day. I'm never going back. Oh, wow. We we have a lot of celebrations here today.
1: Um, Thank you. Thank you all for sharing your stories. Um, So this panel really needs to be an hour, but it can't be. So I'm going to skip to the barrier question, because this is something that you know oh, some of you have already alluded to. Trying to get sterilized, um, so let's talk about that. I'm going to start with Graham because th- this might be quick. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so Graham, did did you have any barriers getting sterilized?
3: I think that the the main barrier I faced was because I wanted to get done at a very young age. I think I was a, a 28, 29, um, and the biggest barrier I faced was from you know the urologist that I initially met with um you kind of came in with a bit of a sort of uh a cocky attitude of that he knew better that he knew what was best for me and he was sort of like it's a very selfish decision that you're making here yeah. um but uh, I was like you know what I'm not prepared to have a lecture and um I want to get this done um I've known since the age of eight nine um I don't want kids I have a debilitating genetic condition that is painful, that I don't want to pass on to anyone else. So I kind of had to shut him down quite quickly, but I think I'm very fortunate in being a man that the procedure for me was really straightforward. And uh, the barriers I got were, you know, my family knew that I was child-free, I didn't want kids. Um, My older brother was a little bit taken aback, you know, oh, you'll change your mind and why get it done now? Why don't you wait? So those were the biggest barriers I faced. But thankfully for me, um it, it wasn't that bad um compared to to what women have to go through and and uh, yeah so i'm very very fortunate
1: thank you for sharing uh caroline go ahead
4: um well the first um the first doctor i talked about it was the the basic um barriers you're too young everyone was um 30 maybe I, I was like i really want to get it done you're too young let's try another thing that's when i got the painful yud experience um and then, uh, because of the child-free groups, I discovered I was like, mm, "It's my right to have get it done, to ask for it." So uh, I just changed uh, to a male doctor, a male gynecologist, um, and he's the one that was, you know, he said, "Praise the the understanding doctors." He was uh, the first one who really um, took me serious, and and um... so there were not many barriers, maybe um, my own of. Uh, after the first rejection, I was like, mm, okay, I'll wait. I'll, I'll figure it out. So, um, no, I think it went pretty easy here in Belgium for me uh, to get it done. Thank
2: you. Susan, go ahead. When I brought it up to my doctor, she was like ready to do it right then and there. So, shout out to Catherine Gregory in San Francisco. I was the one who's like, mm, I need a little more time to think about it. My family has been amazing. My boyfriend has been amazing. My friends are amazing. My fight was with insurance. So if you Mm. are thinking about getting sterilized, especially if it is something other than a tubal ligation, know your rights and be prepared to fight for yourself.
1: Great insight. Thank you for sharing that. Jennifer, go ahead. So for me,
5: it's a very long, difficult process. It took me 11 years. Um, I started the process when I had my abortion at 20 years old. Um, I had my abortion at a pro-choice, very famous clinic, and I was still refused. I was told I was too young, uh, that I could change my mind, um, that it wasn't worth for because No one would want to do it. Um, so I was offered IUD, so, you know, went through all that pain as well. And I went through so many doctors, phone calls, Google researches. Um, I even looked at doing it abroad, I was desperate to get it done. And um, with my last IUD, I had a lot of complications ended up having it uh, removed for an emergency. And that's the first time that I was actually taken seriously. And you know, I was like, okay, whatever. And it's going to say, you know, when they asked me what kind of contraceptive I wanted I wasn't expecting anything, but I was like, I want to get my tubes tight. And they're like, yeah, sure. And I was like, oh my God, seriously. <laughs> I, I, I cried. I literally cried. I was so happy. And I, it took less than a year until I got done. But, um, so the waiting list was about a year. It took me about, Seven, eight months, and it's best decision. And so glad that I kept fighting for it, but it was very discouraging. And luckily, here in Canada and Quebec, it was free. So, yeah.
1: Again, shout out to Canada. But you make a good point about fighting for something. You know, I think, you know, whether it's sterilization or, or other aspects of living child free, we do have to stand up for ourselves. And it's not always easy. And we don't always ha- have the ability to do so for different reasons. But you know, persistence and and good for you for sticking with it because you know you're again you're here inspiring people as well. And I mean it's it's unfortunate that we have to fight as hard as we have to for certain things. It seems that that's a personal choice. Um, so thank you for that. Uh, Jamie go ahead. <laughs> oh. So I'm I
6: sorry. guess the biggest barrier was experience. the was the first uh, my first doctor because you know I went to her for the first time. I got an IUD went went head first into there. Um yeah, had painful insertion, worst thing I ever experienced. Um periods didn't get better. Um, and then and then I developed an ovarian cyst, and that's also when I discovered I had endo and uterine fibroids. And you know, I had the cyst removed, IUD wasn't working. I did the deproPovera the depropovera shot, the three-month shot. That didn't help. It actually made things worse. And then I had the IUD removed and um, uh, and and Removal hurt too because of my dang fibroids it latched on. And Ooh. by that time, I was telling my doctor, hey, I've tried all these methods, they're not working. I don't I don't want to I don't want to take birth control, but I did. And, you know, she she did suggest birth control. I was like, fine, I you know, I don't want to do that because I don't like the full body effect. But she she always talked to me as if I was going to have kids, she never took me seriously. Um, I told, I, I think at one point I, I wanted to get a, I believe it's a myomectomy where they remove the fibroids. Cause I'm figuring these, these things, these fibroids aren't helping the IUD. Can I get them removed? But she said, I, I don't want to do that surgery because if you're going to have kids, you'll need a C-section. I don't want to have kids. I've said that many times. I don't care to preserve my uterus. So that like, she was very hesitant. And then when I got the IUD removed, I, I found out that she was pregnant several months pregnant and I'm like I cannot I cannot work with you anymore now that you know I, I, I just couldn't think of the of, you know, pregnant kind of colleges taking somebody who does not want to have kids seriously so I'm like fine so I'll I did the birth control and let's just say I haven't seen her since it's been over a year so I you know jump ship and switch yeah, she didn't she never explicitly bingoed me saying, Oh, you'll regret it, or oh, you'll change your mind. But she treated as if I was going to have, you know, she talked to me as if I was going to have kids. And I will say that was the biggest barrier. And um it, yeah, that's the biggest barrier I can think of, other than just a few hiccups with um insurance. But yeah, just not being taken seriously and 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 suggesting she also suggested that I take that would make me go into menopause. I'm 29 years old. I'm not, I'm not
1: doing that. So she wasn't the best doctor. So I'm glad I found somebody better. <laughs> I'm glad you did too. Uh, insurance sounds like an interesting panel for next year. <laughs> Sterilization insurance. Let's talk about that then. All right, Lauren, go ahead.
0: I've had all the issues you guys have as well, you know, finding the right doctor. I just want to shout out, um, finding the male doctor helped me as well. I had always been to females and finally I switched to a male and like that, he was fine with it. Um, Insurance was easy for me. I think he, my doctor really got in and because of all the issues I have. So uh, nothing new here, same issues, people thinking you're going to have kids, people thinking you haven't found the right guy. But, you know, my only thing is fight for the doctor, fight for your rights, switch doctors, call around, just do your work.
1: Thank you, Gretchen. Oh, yeah.
7: Um, I think I kind of talked about this already. So since it's such a, you know, we're a little short of time, I'll go on to the next person.
8: Okay, thank you. Uh, Abby, go ahead. Thank you, Gretchen. Thank you. So kind. Um, So for me, the only barrier that I got was when I decided to tie my tubes, I went to the gynecologist that I would normally go to, that I used to go to. Uh, She was a very highly religious Muslim woman who, unfortunately or unfortunately, depending on which side is standing at, uh, she had just given birth. So she was very like in love with her baby and in love with her life, which I was very happy for, you know, but then she was slightly older than me and just thought that she knew better. So when I went to her and told her that, hey, I want to tie my tube, she was like, oh no, but maybe you'll change your mind. Look, I have my own baby and look at how cute my baby is and 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 religion and this is what God says and this is what blah, blah, blah. So um. After that, I just decided uh, I will have to look for another doctor. And I decided to get a doctor that is not religious, someone that will not, um, someone that will just give me the professional advice and not their religious or personal preferences on my body. Um, so that is how I ended up getting the doctor that I got. Um, and then fortunately, I got people to, people that want to get sterilized and i was one of them and then i got my 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 take is just do not take try to enforce their religious beliefs on you so rather than giving you professional advice they're giving you their own religious or personal um advice
1: all right thank you for sharing so uh the next panel is still trying to get set up so i have time to ask one more i'm not going to go through individually because uh but i'm just gonna throw this out there what resources were helpful and if you just want to if you have have an answer specifically <laughs> reddit absolutely Re- okay. read reddit
6: it. reddit that child free reddit um mm-hmm. <laughs> list is yeah i looked at that list you know found my you know found my city my state um i searched for doctors in, that were within my insurance so i you know with which my insurance and, okay, in network that I searched by location and want to make sure I'm not going across town. And then I checked the reviews of the doctors, you know, saw how, how receptive they were. And then I also verified if the doctor was accepting new patients, because that's also what you need to consider too. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I will say the child-free Reddit list is a great way to start. Yeah, you can just narrow down your list. I think, I, I think by the end, I had maybe four doctors and then I, I chose one that was in a big network. So, you know, which, which ended up happening, I did see that doctor and then she referred me to a, a chronic pelvic pain specialist. And that doctor is the one that's, that's gonna do my hysterectomy. So I will say definitely go to that, that child-free doctor Reddit list.
1: So, Abby, I'm going to throw it to you for a second because, again, you're in a very different part of the world than, well, I mean, we're, we're all all over, but uh, highlighting where you are specifically, uh, what resources, and, and you already made the point of like, it's not accessible for everyone, you know, what you, you've experienced. So, what advice can you, uh, maybe advice is the wrong, wrong way to put it, <laughs> um, what resources are available that you can share? Let me
8: put it that way. Um, so it's privileged because then the information is for people that have access to the internet and people that are literate enough to know where to find the information. Right. Google social media like for example on my platform i give a lot of um, um contacts of where people can get it done but then the biggest problem is that so many people uh, in kenya do not have the access and even if um so things like a simple thing like a phone you know to actually log on and to actually know where to get the information and even if they do sometimes just access in terms of it's so far from where they are and most of them are very young so just how are you explaining to your parents that you're going to like get an abortion or you're going to um you want to get sterilized so there's a lot of barriers in terms of not just physical accessibility but also a cultural culturally it's not acceptable religiously it's not acceptable so it's something that very few people can even think about doing to begin with
1: yeah i mean so many excellent points all right we are going to wrap so uh if you want to share your contact information how can people reach out to you if you want It's not mandatory, but I'll call each of you and let us know how we can uh, follow you, get in touch with you. Well, I know how to contact you, but how can everybody else do that? Graham, go ahead.
3: Yeah, I'll I'll keep it short and uh, sweet. I don't really use social media. I'm on Facebook if you want to try to find me. Um, My email is uh, remreveal2002 at hotmail.com. I'm an aspiring screenwriter, so I want to... Write a story for the child-free community that really stresses characters and things we go through. So if you have any ideas, uh, please reach out to me. I'd be happy to chat.
1: That'd be amazing. By the way, yes, you guys can plug whatever you want to plug uh, during your, when it comes to your turn. Uh, Caroline,
4: go ahead. Um, well, I'm on social media under my uh, my name, as you see it, Caroline the Verst. Uh, but on Instagram, I'm also starting a child-free travel blog, Road trip thing. Uh, and you can find me under the name of Caro uh, Trips. So K A Road Trips. And you can just contact me through there.
1: Excellent. Thank you. Susan, go ahead.
2: Sure. My website is awkwardagile.com. My day job is as an agile coach, but feel free to reach out to me there. I'm happy to share my experience.
1: Thank you. Uh, Jenny, go ahead. Jennifer, sorry. I know you as Jenny. <laughs>
5: Jennifer and Jennifer, it's fine. Uh, You can find me on Facebook. uh, Jenny Watson.
1: That's it. Thank you. Uh, Jamie, go ahead.
6: All right. Yeah, y'all can find me. um, I have the Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube channel called um, Shamrock Girl World. and I post about my exotic fruits, what I'm doing. I'll also have the occasional Irish music and dance on there, um, mostly active on uh, Instagram, Facebook. But yeah, if you're interested in Seeing what I'm growing each time and seeing me staying up all night with these dragon fruits, yeah, you, you
0: can find them, too. You can find that information there.
1: Awesome. Lauren, go ahead.
0: Uh, I don't have anything exciting. You can follow me on Instagram at lnicole1319, or if you want to follow me on Twitter at Lauren in 1319 It's mostly about meteorology and weather because I'm a meteorologist, but other than that, I don't have any other exciting
1: things going on. Yes, but that's useful information, though. Seriously. <laughs> Gretchen, I see that you posted it in the chat. I can't show that. It doesn't let me do that.
7: Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I have a website, Sonoma Tarot, T A R O T, Sonoma. Um, and I, that's what I am on Instagram also. I do tarot readings. So hit me up if you need to know all about yourself.
1: Thank you. Thank you, Jared, for posting that. All right. And Abby, go ahead.
8: Um, you can find me on Instagram on my page. It's called the Child Free Kenyan, so it's pretty easy to remember. It's just called the Child Free Kenyan. And I'd also like to plug my business. It's called the Grace Cup. So I am I do I I train girls and boys on matters menstruation, um, and I, I specialize on reusable period products. That is menstrual cups and cloth pads. It's called the Grace Cup. Asante. Oh, that's thank you.
1: Thank you so much. I, I want to say thank you to everyone for sharing your story, your candor. I know, you know, some of the stories are not easy to share. We really, really appreciate um you just inspiring everyone and sharing your journey with sterilization. So this has been the sterilization panel, a pretty epic panel, if I do say so myself. Thank you everyone Woo-hoo! for joining us today. <laughs> thank you. Celebrations you know. all around. And Jamie, best of luck in your procedure coming up. All right, All right, that's a wrap for this one. Uh, Gretchen, hang on because you're in the next one. So we'll keep you backstage. Everyone else, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, All right.
8: oh,
5: you're
0: welcome.
5: Thank you
0: very much. We hope you enjoyed this episode presented by Child Free Media Limited.
1: To stay current with child free content like this, please visit childfreemedia.com and subscribe to the newsletter.